radio for the Agile community. www.agile.fm Welcome to another episode of Agile FM. Today I'm here with Christopher Avery. Um, his uh, Twitter handle is a little bit shorter than his name. It's just Christopher Aver. The Y is missing and that is probably due to Twitter's uh, restrictions. But uh, it can also be reached at uh, ChristopherAvery.com. And Christopher uh, is somebody who um, started a responsibility um, process framework a while ago that has changed over all these years. We're going to get to that in a minute. Um, but his quintessential question he asked himself when he started the career is why are so many smart people unhappy at work? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Joe. It's great to be here. Long time. Long time. That's right. And uh, we can go back to something probably even further back than that. Uh, you keynoted the first Agile Day in 2009 in New York City, and that was exactly 10 years ago. And why do I know that? Because we're having the 10th Agile Day in New York, and we wanted to have you, and it didn't work out, uh, but we're going to have you in uh, one of those future Agile Days for sure. Um, that Agile Day is on the 14th of November, if I can just throw that in, and people interested in that is agileday2019.org, and you keynoted this and uh, I want to go back to that because uh, I remember you talked about responsibility obviously something you're super super uh, interested in and you have built programs and books and everything around this uh, but in those 10 years a lot of things happened with you as well uh, because you built this thing out as a full-fledged program you have a company uh, you have a website called responsibility.com I don't know how you got that domain name awesome and uh, I just want to congratulate to that. Well, thank you very much, Joe. It's a, uh, it's a labor of love. Um, you know, uh, people like you and I uh, teach people that if you can find your purpose, that, you know, it, it provides so much more meaning for your life and direction and motivation and inspiration. Um, I think those of us who have found a purpose and sometimes have struggled or stumbled uh, through with it could could also say that having a purpose having found your purpose is a curse yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's right right so uh once you are connected to that and I, I i think your journey speaks for itself right um in terms of responsibility so something i really admire about this in your program here is that um you know there is you didn't use the word agile. It's not about responsibility in agile projects. It's responsibility.com. You you bring it down a notch to a to a level which is possibly not only for for agile teams. Tell the listeners. Obviously, you're here on Agile FM. Uh, the majority of the audience is interested in in agile topics, I would assume. Uh, but maybe you want to break it down in terms of what this program is. There's a, a lot happening right now in September 2019 here. Uh, with your program and how the Agile community would benefit from that. Sure. Thank you, Joe. Um, so I, I've actually never billed myself as an Agilist first. That's right. So um, I wrote Teamwork as an Individual Skill, Getting Your Work Done When Sharing Responsibility in 2001. In 2004, I was asked to keynote the first combined conference of XP Agile Universe, which became the Agile Alliance. Um, that conference was in Calgary, 
uh, and Mary Poppendick gave the other keynote. Um, and that's where I actually rolled out the responsibility process uh, as, as a main keynote topic for the first time. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was, a, I was a teamwork guy starting in the 90s doing a lot of product development organization transformations to team-based uh, thinking and, and structures and processes. Uh, and then when Agile came along, I recognized the beauty of the Agile frameworks and the processes and the tools as fitting the interaction and the, and the complexity of what I'd been doing uh, for my career. But I still didn't sell myself uh, on being an Agilist. I, I also saw that I was stretching in ways that Agile wasn't ready for yet or wasn't coming to. And one of those ways was my own approach to leadership. Uh, and I even helped to found the Agile Leadership uh, Project Network, a ALPN, the Agile Project Leadership Network, mm -hmm. which has since become the Agile Leadership Network. They dropped the P in project. Mm -hmm. But even then, that group of people, that board of directors, was not ready for my work and responsibility. And so I left that after just a couple of years. Mm -hmm. So I've always worked out on the edge beyond where most people are. Um, in, in terms of what they're looking for. And, and that's the what drew me to the responsibility material is that I was trying to figure out how people in teams go from feeling unconnected to each other and feeling like I just want to do my job and having independent tasks. How do they go from that to feeling a real sense of shared responsibility for something bigger than them. And then that makes them individually feel responsible for their relationships and communication with each other. Mm -hmm. and, and so I started way back in the early 90s asking myself, where does the sense of responsibility come from? You know, society taught me that some people have it and some people don't. But every team facilitator sees it emerge in people as the teams come together uh, and sees it come out of people. So um, I started asking the question, right, how can I generate this as a team building consultant or coach? Mm -hmm. um, or as a peer, how can I build a team with Joe and get the two of us feeling a real sense of shared ownership for something bigger than either of us that makes us depend on each other and yeah. like each other? So. That led me to find the research going on on what I have come to call the responsibility process. Mm -hmm. And the research started in 1984 and maybe even before. And I learned about it in 1991. Um, and it became the most powerful information I know and have to share. And if people aren't aware of it, I'd say just search on uh, responsibility process, add my name into the search, and you'll fill up the first three or four or five pages of, of mm -hmm. search with publicly available information. Um, and why it's valuable to Agile is what it says is that every time something goes wrong, every time we have a problem, that our mind, no matter how smart we are, our mind goes into a coping mental state of being sure that we're a victim, that something outside of us has to change or something else has to change or something out there has to happen for this problem to go away. And 
uh, we can go through the, each of these mental states, and we're all very good at getting stuck in them, mm-hmm. but, it, but there's a mental state which we call responsibility, which is literally our ability to choose our response. So responsibility means the ability to respond, and it means in between stimulus and response, psychologically, is mm-hmm. a space, and in that space is choice. And so in Agile, we rely so much on the individual, and we rely on self-leadership, and we rely on confronting impediments, and we rely on on understanding um, up and down the value stream and being able to uh, deliver value early and often. And we also live in a world where things are going wrong all the time. Mm-hmm. So the reason so many Agilists find the responsibility work so powerful is because it's the very essence of agility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to to ask you actually when you when you were just listing a few of those things, you know, where responsibility of an individual on a team might actually be very very important is exactly let's say an impediment or a blocker or something, and um, maybe you just want to outline. I mean, this is an individual thing, right? So this, I'm noticing something on a team. Um, or I'm noticing something in my environment I'm in and I'm blocked or I'm impeded or anything like this and, and, and what would be, you know, and sometimes we have these responsibility, the, these responses, I'm sorry, these responses of, yeah, something, some, somebody will take care of this issue, right, and, and just have to wait it out. Is that, yeah. is that something um, that the program would, would tackle I mean, just to bring it out there to the agile listeners? Oh, absolutely. So um, the program that Joe's talking about is our, our new program called Immersion, and, and Cohort One starts uh, September 25th, and you can learn more at responsibility.com forward slash immersion. Um, but it's, it's based on a distance learning, very powerful distance learning program that we've also done for 10 years. So this is the 10th anniversary of the Leadership Gift Program. All right. <laughs> and Immersion is a, a sister product now uh, of the Leadership Gift Program. And what you, what you would learn in it is you would learn how your mind tricks you into staying stuck. Uh, and thinking that you just have to cope with persistent, pesky, annoying problems, like when is somebody else going to fix this? Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of getting to a place of clarity in your mind where you can make a different or new choice about, well, if this is bugging you and it's not bugging them, then maybe you get to choose to do something about it, even if it's not necessarily your job. And that doesn't mean that you take their job, but maybe you get to raise it as an impediment or an issue. You get to figure out how to have a conversation with the person that you do want to do something about it. Um, So I think that'd be an example Mm -hmm. of a specific idea. So we spend so much time in the mental state of blame Uh, complaining to ourselves and each other about other people when we're so smart in knowing what they should do differently. Mm -hmm. The thing is that the more time we spend there, the more time we're spending being a victim uh, and feeling smug and and self-righteous. And we spend so much time in our stories about why we're powerless or can't do anything or stuck or 
why the world is the way it is, yet all the time we spend there, we're still powerless. So the real benefit to the Agilist listening to Agile FM, Joe, and is interested in this material, the real benefit is to empower yourself to have much greater, much more resourceful state of mind and much more freedom and choice in your mind by, by identifying the pains that you're living with uh, and realizing how you can address each one of them to both produce results that matter for yourself and others and to be a much happier person. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, which, and, and that, that happiness would probably not only be at work, it would be just in a, a channel of more happiness, right? Um, the, the, resp- the responsibility program, the, the one you're talking about, you, you're mentioning individuals, and yes, we are an Agile FM, and maybe there was somebody listening to it from an Agile team, but this is also that could apply to anything outside of Agile teams, right? Whether teamwork or you know, people just take ownership of their own work, um, things that would be asked for, right? So this is not necessarily tied to the specific way of working. This could possibly apply to anything. So you have in your workshops a broad mix of people, I would assume, right? Yes, so this is, so this is about leading yourself. So we focus very much on self-leadership. And my, my statement is that um, 95% of all leadership is self-leadership. And uh, we, we spend too much time thinking that leadership is about influencing others. And what I want to know is, can that leader make changes in their own life? Is that leader feeling free, powerful, and at choice? Mm-hmm. Is that leader able to turn a pain or a problem into ownership and freedom? And so we focus on producing individuals who can do that. And then what we say is that if you're doing that uh, and you're leading yourself to ever and ever greater uh, freedom, choice, and power in your life, and you're producing more and more results that matter, you won't be surprised to have lots of followers. Mm-hmm. Yes. So in our program, we have uh, people from frontline uh, team members all the way to vice presidents and CEOs. Um, so le- level is not that important. We're about uh, two-thirds uh, male and one-third female. We're about half from the Americas, uh, North America, uh, USA, and Canada, and about half from Europe, mm-hmm. probably say 45% from each of those, because then we have a spattering of around Asia and India, mm-hmm. um, South Africa uh, members. These um, and they, most of them identify in the world of Agile because that's my biggest marketplace. Yeah. And they, and they identify as coaches or, or leaders of some type. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, maybe Agile FM is, is going to help spread the word in those uh, 10% areas over there and uh, get, the, get the word out that this program exists, right, even more, which is super, super important. Um, Christopher, you... You mentioned the individuals, right? So there's the individual CEO, the team member, etc. In the agile world, words like agile transformation or agile culture um, exists, right? And it's very hot topics these days. Um, from a, from an individual level, um, how does that translate into, let's say, a more like a collective kind of cultural feel uh, in terms of responsibility? 
would you still take the same approach? Would you still be going person by person or is there um, a team-based approach or how would you handle like a, a company that is in, in a large transformation at this point? Um, I think you're asking, what, what do I have to offer a company that's in a large Well, how, more not what, not what you have to offer. I know you have something amazing to offer, right? But what I I'm, what I'm, uh, want to hear is more like, uh, would there be any kind of changes to the program, right? You, the, the program you're rolling out, if it would be more like a corporate, like more a cultural kind of um, approach to this responsibility program, would this be the same as you would do like on, on an individual person by person or... Uh, would you go in and help an entire team um, and work with them? Yeah, got it. Thank mm -hmm. you. So, yes, we we have a uh, management consulting arm to our business that does work in agile transformations uh, as well as in responsibility uh, culture change mm -hmm. uh, to get the language of the responsibility process uh, into the company. It's very, very sticky material. Um, I still do a tremendous amount of work uh, around developing teams and team leaders, and I'm very well known for that book that I mentioned earlier, and our work on shared responsibility. Mm -hmm. And uh, for instance, uh, I'm working with a, a company in South America uh, where it's a, uh, a very large entrepreneurial company, uh, very well-funded, um, 1,700 people now. And I'm working in that engineering group that's that's uh, working in an agile manner uh, with a, an amazing workshop we offer called Teamwork is an Individual, excuse me, called The Responsibility Process, uh, Powerful Teams. It's based on the book Teamwork is an Individual Skill. Mm -hmm. uh, and there, uh, the responsibility material is a very important component of it, but the focus of it is about taking ownership of the things that build teams and taking ownership of the kinds of problems that stop teams from becoming built. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a very powerful program that I've done for years. Mm -hmm. um, in another client, we are rolling out uh, a management uh, training called uh, um, uh, People Management Skills. And it's again based on the responsibility process and it's for smart people um, in management positions, and it's designed to teach them a few deep, valuable life principles and skills, like the skill of taking responsibility for anything, um, and then applying that to the handful of important management processes in that company, whether it's giving feedback, performance management, hiring, uh, pay discussions, um, mm -hmm you know, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So the idea is that any smart person ought to be able to use their company's process, management process for whatever, uh, in a in a leaderly way. Um, you know, instead of just defaulting and saying, well, it's a dumb process, <laughs> well, that's the best we can do. Mm -hmm. So we apply the responsibility material in a variety of contexts uh, at the level of individuals, teams, and organization. Mm -hmm. Awesome, yeah. There's one thing I noticed, um, maybe maybe we want to take at the, the end of our conversation here, we want to talk a little bit about your, there's a 20-week program and there is a certification. Yeah. Maybe maybe you just want to explore a little bit with, with the listeners why why 20 weeks, what, what would be the 
focus of those 20 weeks? How would you structure those 20 weeks? Um, I have a hard time getting uh, um, students into a training for more than two days uh, these days. So how do you do this for 20 weeks? <laughs> um, no, I know it's going to be probably a, a, an interesting kind of schedule you have put together, right? Um, but also the certification piece, um, how do you, not only how do you set up a, a program, a certification program here, but also how do you test in your environment? Right. So, so the program is something that we've been experimenting with for 10 years in the leadership gift program, which is, um, eight core modules of 90 minutes each delivered two weeks apart. So that sets up a 16 week structure, but it's just 90 minutes. Yes. every other week for 16 weeks for the eight core modules. So that's the content. But then knowing about the responsibility process, it's not the same as putting it to use to change your life. So the whole rest of the program is about supporting you in a community of helping you make changes in your life with this material, helping you learn to use this amazing pattern in your mind called the responsibility process where you can find yourself coping and actually stop yourself from coping and immediately grow to be smarter uh, at will. And so we have Q&A calls um, and we have mastery calls, which is where members actually uh, volunteer to put themselves on a hot seat and have a master like me or somebody else um, help them actually experience a breakthrough right then in 10 or 15 minutes on the call, a breakthrough that changes their life. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's, it's, 60, it's a 16-week structure uh, that's all distance learning, so you can do it from wherever you are. And we give four extra buffer weeks to get it done because life happens and mm -hmm. we get taken life for a few days here or there and i, I don't want to penalize anybody who misses yeah. uh, uh, for something and the certification is that for years hiring managers have told me man when when someone submits a resume for an opening uh, in my department if if they say that they've worked with you over time in mastery or in, in mm -hmm. the program that resume goes to the top of my list for being uh, for getting an interview because I know what that means in terms of the caliber of that person's thinking and their ability to take ownership. So uh, because we have so many testimonials from managers to that effect, we're offering a certification that if you do the work in the 20 weeks, and I mean do the work, mm -hmm. not just through 20 weeks, but you have to fill out an application at the end. Um, that shows that you've done the work. If you do the work in those 20 weeks, you will earn the certification called um, uh, the Certified Responsibility Immersion Graduate. Um, and uh, that should be worth something on your resume. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic, yeah. So just to be clear that you have these modules every, every two weeks for 90 minutes, but then in between there are certain kind of activities they have to go on their own. Uh, and there is a Q&A possibility to connect with your team, and that's all online. Yes, and we have forums, which is a huge part of this, is uh, interacting, um, you know, for a few minutes every day in our forums, the way you do on Twitter or Facebook or somewhere else, and supporting each other, claiming wins, um, having a peer mentor help you get unstuck, other stuff. So yeah. the community aspect of it is a big thing, and that's why we call it a cohort. And cohort one starts 
September 25th. How cool will it be for all those people who get to say that they were part of cohort one? That's right. Exactly. Like in five years from now, you can go back and say, I was on that very first round of uh, 20 weeks. Yeah, five years from now, we should be into 30 or 40 cohorts. So it would be pretty <laughs> cool to be cohort one. That's absolutely right. Christopher, I want to thank you for this. This is an important topic for me too, because that question, why are so many smart people unhappy at work? Um, I do see it um, a lot when I visit clients, if I work with colleagues in the communities. Um, and I do see similar responses to uh, when things happen around them, which would be addressed by a, by a program like this. Um, I want to wish you all good luck with this, with the start of the first program, right? And uh, maybe we have a chance in a few weeks or months more, I would say, to reflect on how things are going and uh, how many people are proudly sharing their resumes. That sounds very cool, Joe. I look forward to doing that with you. Thank you very much for um, bringing this to your listeners' attention. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.